Welcome to the Startup Grind podcast. Startup Grind is the world's largest independent startup community, inspiring, educating, and connecting millions of entrepreneurs across the globe in partnership with Google for Startups. These are the stories of disruptors, innovators, and game changers from the fastest high-growth companies and venture capital firms in existence. Join us as we unpack their strategies, learn from their mistakes, and grow together. There's no time to wait, so let's begin. Today's episode is brought to you by Twilio. Twilio is a cloud communications platform used by Uber, Airbnb, Booking.com, and many more. Twilio provides you building blocks to add messaging, voice, and video to your web and mobile applications, SMS, voice, WhatsApp, and now email with their acquisition of SendGrid. Twilio runs an amazing program for startups. Shout out to our friend, good friend, Brendan Yo. That includes $500 getting started credit and access to exclusive webinars made for startups and the full support of the Twilio Startups team. You can sign up now at twiliostartups.com slash startupgrind. Hey all, Chris Jonu. Welcome back to Startup Grind Global Podcast. I'm your host, and we have a big episode as always today. This one is a um, throwback to the Startup Grind Global Conference from earlier in the year. Um, lucky we snuck that in there before all the craziness happened. We have a fireside chat with Roy Mann, the co-founder and CEO of Monday.com. Massive company, seen it everywhere. Talking about the effects of the new era of software on the way we work. Interviewed by uh, Nino Marakovic, CEO and Managing Director of Sapphire Ventures. Enjoy. Here uh, with Roy, uh, CEO of Monday.com. We've had the great fortune of uh, leading a $150 million financing for the company recently. The company's based in Israel. And uh, so, Roy, uh, tell us just a, a little headline um, uh, thing or two about, uh, about Monday to get the audience warmed up. Okay, so uh, first of all, it's not a project management tool like uh, they introduced us with. <laughs> uh, we're very good at project management, but um, uh, so it's work operating system. That's like what we're, I don't know if you got to see the billboards. Uh, we, we took some of them. In the it's one hard one. not to. It's hard not to. What? It's hard, hard not, not to? Yeah, okay, so that's a good job we've done. Um, so we, we started. Uh, so, so Monday is essentially a platform that people can, uh, any team can manage, pretty much everything uh, they want to with us. We have like uh, a lot of uh, R&D teams, marketing teams, sales team running on us, HR, and we have people building airplanes, running manufacturing plants, uh, doing clinical trial research. Uh, and then hotels, restaurants, like really everyone, because you can build your own process uh, on Monday and manage the team the way you like to, and at scale. And that's like... That's great. And, and give, give maybe the audience a little bit of sense of, uh, of uh, scale and size of the organization. One of the things I find amazing about, about Monday, and I've been on the board of many companies, I get a daily SMS with uh, how the company has done in the last day. Not mind you, week or month or year, but, but every day I get an SMS. So a little bit of a radical transparency at work there, but but give us a give, give us a little sense of uh, okay, so of uh, the scale of the organization. So we started uh, at uh, 2014. That's where we launched the first product, and, and since then we grew relatively fast. Uh, last year, like at, at 2018, like the beginning, we started with 50 million ARR. 
2019, we finished with uh, 120. So we, we jumped from like uh, 50 to 120 million ARR. And before that, we were at 18. So 18 to 50 to 120. Uh, we now have over 100,000 paying companies in over 160 countries. Wow. And with uh, over 200 different business verticals, it's, it's probably everyone, because yeah. the category is so big, like of work and, and of you know managing teams and processes. Basically, everyone is doing it. So our target audience is uh, everyone uh, information workers. It's 1.3 billion information of workers. Course. Yeah. And so talk more about this work OS uh, read definition of the of the category. I found it. Um, interesting in terms of choosing sort of to redefine or define a category at, at, at this large size. Companies typically do it uh, sometimes earlier um, in their in their life, but you've kind of waited for the right moment. And, and tell us a little bit what what about the company uh, right now makes it the right time for you to come out and, and yeah, define so we a need category. to talk about the history. So like for all our life, when we went to raise money, people like uh, you know it's really hard to raise money, especially in the beginning. And in the beginning, the, they looked at us and said, oh, uh, project management, every investor uh, uh, kind of got burned from investing in some productivity tools. So like they didn't want to uh, invest and they couldn't make out who we were. Okay, mm -hmm. it's like project management, but not project management because, uh, 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 and it was really difficult. And throughout time, we really struggled in explaining in one sentence what the company does because Essentially, it's a platform that people built their own management tool. And obviously, it has a lot of, uh, uh, you can manage process, orders, projects, events, mm -hmm. a jar, and there wasn't a name for it. So we waited for years to someone to define it, and we're not alone in this category. Uh, and, and now there came a time that it made sense, so we kind of picked up the glove uh, and named it WorkOS, uh, and we have other uh, players in it as well, like you mentioned, which is like uh, unique that we didn't say we are the only one. That's right, that's right. Okay, so yeah, typically. Uh, we have uh, Airtable, Coda, Notion, we feel have the same idea of giving people the tools to solve their own problems rather than, we're very different companies, each one of us in terms of like go-to-market, but uh, the idea of uh, changing software, which is kind of like what this, says <laughs> it's it's happening with uh, the movement of like giving uh, users the uh, power to define and craft their own destiny in of the course. tools they use rather than you have to fit yourself to the software and use a rigid software and when it's not good enough you need to switch yeah it's interesting i mean that's what one of the things that appealed to me tremendously about monday is this idea that that for the repeatable uh, processes that are standardized across companies, you have big companies, you have Salesforce, you have SAP, you have Oracle, Workday, and many others, but still most of the work happens outside of those standard processes. It's email, it's Slack, it's, it's all conversations and Excel spreadsheets still. And so having a, a system that, that allows you to, to uh, enshrine some of those, those custom processes as well is super interesting. But talk to me more about this, this uh, platform company uh, concept. I think this is a new thing for for uh, for Monday, a uh, new new initiative. Obviously, the holy grail for every software company is to become a platform company and have other companies built on top of it. W w why now, and why do you think Monday is ready to be a platform company? Um, 
So I, I think we're part of a bigger movement of, of really empowering users. You see that uh, with designers, for example, there's a lot of tools that enable them to, to be more powerful, uh, like developers, let's say, and that they can do mock-ups and do, uh, take things more forward. And, and we see that uh, we always had that mindset of giving people power and how do we kind of like democratize software and, and allow people to do it. So essentially we've always been that sort of platform mm -hmm. uh, and today we're opening it up for developers to build on us and really like uh, uh, if we can do it, they can do it in terms of building blocks. Like we will develop the same building blocks as the community yeah. and you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's another step in the evolution of opening up the platform and being really like allowing people to do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now, in terms of transparency, you know, very few people probably came up here and shared their uh, their revenue run rates. Uh, tends to be more of a secret hush hush thing here in the valley. Can you talk a little bit more about the, the transparency? I found you guys to be be some of the most transparent uh, company. Uh, it feels like all your employees know everything that's going on in the company, yeah. all the all the metrics. Um, maybe, maybe yeah. share a little so bit about that philosophy. So we have like, uh, just like, uh, in the office we have uh, hundreds of dashboards showing every metric we have on everything, like from uh, uh, how much money we have in the bank yeah. to uh, ARR, new sign-ups, everything. Uh, and, uh, and like also people who come to interview in the office like see those stuff, it's like, so we started off being transparent. Yeah. Uh, when we were like small, five people, and we never found a reason not to. So that's how we uh, came to, and, and it only gave us really positive things. For example, everyone knows everything, so if there is a problem, we all come and, and fix it. It's not up to some person to say, hey, there's a problem, convince other people to do other stuff, like really making a point, like it's enough that one person sees it and then like everyone comes in the morning. So like for us, it was always about ownership, passing ownership to people, making them feel it's theirs. And it has to do with everything. It's not just the numbers, it's also the like cleanliness of the office. Sure. <laughs> okay, it's like the, you know, if they, uh, uh, I don't know, break things. Uh, we get like a really expensive laptop. So if you break it, you can take another one. It's fine. Yeah. Like you can take 20. Just know how much money it costs. It's your company. You can do whatever you want. So that's like passing the ownership to the people that they feel it's theirs. And it also means that we need to uh, allow them to do whatever they feel is right with guidance. But uh, everyone is, is like really driven to do impact in what they believe in. Like, so that's ownership, but we don't get to decide. Yeah. I don't get to tell people what to do. Of course, yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, the, in the Valley here, OKRs have become a, a big thing over the last five, 10 years and, and um, managing by objectives, but also key results uh, sounds like it's something you've, you've done always. Are there any pitfalls for folks here to consider if they think about going the radical transparency and sort of management by metric way? So, so I think managing by metrics is like the crudest form of transparency. It's like telling people where to go and not how to get there. Yeah. And it's really good. You give them autonomy, you give them a way to do what they believe in. Uh, you, it, it's a longer term. You need to like uh, think about it in a, like, uh, I can give an example. Uh, I've done like a gazillion A-B tests in my life. Yeah. And after a while you, you figure out like some stuff that are 
that makes sense, you know, like uh, write the text in a clear way, make a very pronounceable call for action. And then you see someone doing not that. So you're like, uh, this is not going to work. Yeah. Um, so, but how will they learn? I never learned from someone telling me what's right and what's wrong. I tested it. So how are we as a company willing to give people the ability to make more mistakes? Yeah. And we pay for it. Now, like you put a landing page out with yeah. that problem, it costs like uh, tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. So like, but they're only going to learn if they're going to try the stuff they want to learn. And, and you know, uh, miraculously, everyone is making the same mistakes in the beginning. Yeah. So, so there is a tension about that, but I would always prefer to teach someone by letting them try it out and see what works and what's not, as long as it's contained. So you need the frameworks for it. You need the operation for it. You need to, I can tell them, you know, I think it's not going to work because this and that, but then at the end, they're going to do whatever they yeah. want. And a lot of them do whatever they want. Of course. Uh, and the cool thing about that is that sometimes I'm wrong. And that's, that's really great because like now I'm wrong more, like uh, more and more I'm wrong because yeah. <laughs> we're <laughs> inventing a lot of cool stuff, but that's what you gain from it. That's like, uh, it's freedom because I, I, I'm not, I don't need to uh, it's fascinating that. that th th this, this philosophy is so embedded in the, in the company. I, I had actually, in my 22 years of doing this, I've never seen another company actually build software to track all these analytics and A-B tests. Uh, do you mind yeah. sharing a little bit about so BigBrain? So we have a, a tool called BigBrain. Uh, so it's like our, uh, uh, let's say, uh, source of records tool. It's a BI tool. It's also an operations tool. So like, uh, so that's different from classic BI tools. Like it just doesn't only show you the information. You can act on the information you see there. So for example, if you want an A-B test, you open it up and uh, in big brain and it gives you all the measures you need to make a decision and it's a unified view that is really good it's like very clear you see if it's like here or here and people can make the same choices over and over and then we improve the tool everyone improves yeah. okay so we took from day one a huge effort to invest in in building such a tool uh, because of that, to allow people, and that's a big part of transparency, it's a big part of ownership. You need supporting uh, uh, operations for it. Of course. Yeah, so without that, you can't give freedom, because yeah. it doesn't like, uh, we always give the comparison if you have like a very uh, uh, skyscraper, yeah. and you're on the rooftop uh, with the bicycle, okay? So it's not like the best a way to like let someone off with a bicycle on the rooftop, right? Like they, they can fall. Yeah. But what if you put like a two meters guard, okay? Like around it, then you feel safe. It's, uh, it's not a problem. So that's what we're trying to do with big brain, kind of like iron out all the uh, insights into something people can understand. That takes a lot of effort. Makes sense. Uh, Make it sound so easy. And we, and we invested in it from like when we were five people. We did that because it meant a lot to us because we, we didn't want uh, a lot of analytics tools. Like you look at them and then you have excuses. Oh, that information didn't pass. Oh, uh, that uh, is a problem because it takes like four hours for the data to aggregate. Um, so we didn't want any, like we wanted our own database, our own data that we can go in and, and really figure it out so we can learn. So we uh, maybe sense. like failing in two other startups helped in that point. Makes sense. So. 
So, Roy, it seems so easy, right? So you just measure everything and then you go 1850, 120. Is that how it always was? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So <laughs> like Tell us about some of the early struggles. Yeah, so we, um, so like when you look at the graph and it's growing, like every month is a struggle, like really every month. Because like to grow, to double or more than double, it means that uh, if we want to double this year, we need to do in one year, what we've done throughout the life of the company. That's what it means. So it cannot be the same things that we've done until now that will make us succeed this year. So you need to break everything. And you, you have like, uh, there is a nice uh, visual thing of how you build the car and uh, people think it's like the, right? You, you see the wheels and then they put the top and then you, know, you end up having a car and say, no, you start with a skateboard, a scooter, a bicycle yeah. and, a car, but the thing is, is that when you move to the scooter, you need to break the uh, skateboard, yeah. and that's how to do it. Most people find uh, comfortable is like decorate the skateboard, put an engine on it, and like keep the skate. You need to break things, uh, um, so so that's really hard. Uh, and but but it's. The first stage that is the most hard is like reaching product market fit. Like that struggle of like figuring out what is the product that people actually want to buy opposed to a product that solves the problem. So we started with a, uh, a product that solves the problem, but uh -huh. it just like was really hard to adopt. Yeah. So we got thrown out of a lot of companies for like, uh, you come and pitch them and they tell you like, uh, okay, sounds really interesting and then nothing happens because they don't want it. So that phase of product market fit uh, is probably the hardest. hardest. So it, it does get easier in many ways over time. Is, it, is there one thing, as you think back on the early days and that seeking that product market fit, is there one thing that you feel like you did wrong or you wish you, you, you would have gotten to quicker or is it uh, sort of... I, I did like a million things gr wrong. Grind. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, like in hindsight, what I would... The, the most painful stuff was, I think, uh, in hiring the right people. Mm -hmm. uh, and like, uh, there is, a, a, like, I, I interviewed like hundreds of people, and then uh, I met someone who taught me how to hire uh, PMs, product managers. Uh, and uh, then I understood that I didn't know how to interview people before. And I can, I can mention it now. Uh, it's not that simple because I needed a lot of training and I failed all the time. And it, wasn't happy with me, but uh, I, I learned eventually. But it goes like this. You list, uh, you have a list of um, uh, qualities you want, uh, and then you need to, in one interview, find a really good signal on each one of those uh, traits. Yeah. So for example, communication. Are you a good communicator? So for project manager, uh, for product manager, they need to communicate well. Of course. So, and then at the end of uh, an interview, you can say, okay, is he good or not at communicating? And how strong is my signal? And then, like, you build an interview to get all the signals in an hour, and, and then, you know, you, you teach it to everyone, and when a few people do the same interview, you get, like, such a strong signal that it's uh, for... People issues and, and hiring, and I guess that's yeah. not different from today. In, as you think about the challenges that a 120 plus million revenue run rate company growing fast, still the biggest problem? Uh, yeah, obviously. Uh, but, but like the pains of hiring the wrong person 
is hard. And, and then you need to uh, sometimes part ways. Yeah. And the, the thing that wasn't intuitive for me is that if something is not working well with someone, uh, w usually when you part ways with them, it's like uh, you understand it's the best thing for both, for both. sides. Because uh, a lot of like early stage managers try to like, uh, you know, improve people a lot and, and like sometimes the other side doesn't want it, it it's not a good fit. Yeah. So, uh, so that's like a good tip to try and figure that out. And also with investors, by the way, if, you, if you, we did something wrong, it's like raising money. Yeah. I, I think now we're relatively good at it. Yeah, I would say so. But uh, in terms of process and everything, but one, like we weren't good in the beginning, uh, we, we got like, uh, we're uh, from Israel and I, I, I'm, I, I'm not really proud to say, but we got no from every investor in Israel and there are a lot of them <laughs> there. So, uh, well, except the ones who said yes, but that's <laughs> like uh, <laughs> two. Uh, but, but like we really uh, weren't that good at that because uh, we didn't understand how to explain what we know yeah. very well in the beginning. Because you understand it really well, and you need to take someone who meets like uh, a few startups a day to where you are. And how investors think is now, and, and since we learned that well, is how we think about the business. It's like, what are the risks? Where do we want to go? Like, we want to reach, let's say, next year, we want to double again, which we want to double again. Uh, so. What are the risks of getting there? Working it backward, explaining that, uh, and seeing that from that perspective, you understand that the product, when in the beginning we talked a lot about the product, is not the only thing they want to talk about. They want to see the risks, and then you debug it. Like that's how we yeah. got good at it. Like we, we, we were always two in every meeting, and uh, the one who didn't talk, listen. Listened and then after the meeting, we sat down and identified all the risk factors that the investors saw and were not addressed yeah. and then improved. And that's like proved to be really good. Great. Well, I'm afraid we're out of time, but Roy, thank you very much for uh, your time. I had 20 more questions, but I'll let the audience chase you afterwards and, and ask away. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, guys. To keep up to date with all things Startup Grind, visit us at startupgrind.com or join us at an event in a city near you. Until next time, chase the vision and keep hustling.